Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, well, it's good to be back home. First, uh, the privilege I had this last week, the first time to leave this country since I was diagnosed two years ago this week, actually. And uh, two years ago, uh, the, the report was not good, but God, but God. I had a lot of divine appointments. Just ask Pastor Tad in the airport, sitting between us in the planes. God gave me two uh, diplomats' wives, set one beside us, and uh, the other I helped her and her whoo, unruly two sons uh, through the airport. But I had an opportunity to share why we were there, the goodness of God. Jesus Christ to be glorified. And uh, so thank you. Last weekend, for the first time in the history of the Rock of Gainesville, we had three groups of people in three different nations of the world. Come on, somebody. I say kick COVID butt, kick devil butt, declare the kingdom of God. And uh, what a great time and uh, good testimonies all three had. And then I realized another really cool thing. Uh, Four dads were on the mission field with their sons, and Franco actually had two sons and a daughter. Franco had three of his kids with him. Four sets next year. Uh, I heard Gabe and Andrew telling uh, the guys in Honduras that they were bringing their sons. So next year, it's not only going to be dads and sons, it's going to be granddads and grandsons and uh, their kids. And uh, so thank you for those of you that couldn't go but you gave in the seed offering and you give on a monthly base, basis in the missions. Uh, the, some of the things you're gonna see on video and the pictures today is because of your incredible faithfulness. You guys, I think overwhelm God sometimes. <laughs> God always overwhelms me, but I'm telling you every once in a while, it's just, it's just good to be a part of a family of givers people that believe in the kingdom, believe in something bigger than self and selfishness. And uh, I want to welcome all of you that are watching online this morning and this morning in uh, Tegucigalpa, actually in Zambrano, uh, Honduras. Uh, Jimmy and Jessica and a bunch of their team are watching live this morning. So y'all give a shout out to Pastor Jimmy and Jessica. And uh, man, they, they took care of us. They took care of the, all the guys came home five pounds heavier and uh, they packed us some food. We had to force Andy not to eat. Andy, you have to eat. He said, I can't eat this much. And he, he, he was just literally just leaving his, his meal trying to get back to work. But uh, those people know how to fatten you up. And so thank you, Jimmy, Jessica, the, girl, the ladies that cooked and everybody. Mama Jay fixed me breakfast every single morning, just spoiled me. I, I told Suzanne this morning, Mama Jessica got up and fixed me breakfast six days in a row, even the day I was leaving. I was like, I don't really need anything. She said, okay, I'll make it light this morning. Oh my gosh, pancakes and bacon and sausage. I'm not baking sausage and boy, they took care of us. But uh, it's great that these guys get to be a part. And uh, so before I bring the teams up, 
Uh, for those of you that are visiting today, welcome. It's good to have you. This is kind of not a normal service, but maybe a normal service. We're going we're gonna to hear from all three of the teams that uh, were in Columbia. I was praying for Guatemala all week, so I kept telling everybody, uh, yeah, Dr. John and the guys are in Guatemala, and then and I knew they were in Colombia, but for whatever reason, I just kept praying over Guatemala, and so uh, I, I wrote all my notes, sent them to the team this week, and Suzanne wrote me back, and she said, honey, I thought Dr. John and them were in Colombia. I've been praying over Colombia all week. <laughs> I said, well, they were in Columbia. Then she sends me a picture of my notes, and she said, Guata I broke Guatemala team. So we maybe had a team in Guatemala and didn't know about it. But uh, uh, if we did, God will give us credit. But uh, uh, while we were there, uh, the guys sent me the final count. We're closing off the seed offering this week. So I want to say um, thank you, you guys, really. So many of you stepped out in faith, gave in significant ways. Your children gave in significant ways. And uh, our seed offering is the second largest ever in the history of our church family. So uh, you gave this year in the fall seed offering $232,998.63. I don't know, that's pretty overwhelming to me. In the back room, I shared it with the team this morning. They were all wanting to pitch in the dollar and whatever it is to make it 30, whatever it make it, 230. But I said, no, I don't like zeros. I like six and threes and nines and nines and eights. So, but if anybody wants to throw in and, and match it, and maybe at like, you know, 100,000, 101, whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, I say we give the Lord a hand and ourselves a hand this morning because, uh, 20, uh, $24,000. No, no, it's more than that. It's 48000 So we're doing 20% of this offering right off the top goes to missions. And uh, we sowed into Jimmy and Jessica ministry this year uh, right off the top around $19,000 and uh, for their ministry on the mountain where Pastor Jimmy is also Mayor Jimmy Hughes. I'm not lying. I'm riding all over that town and people are yelling, Mayor Jimmy, and waving him down and he's having to take care of the church business. And then he's got a, he had about four, uh, uh, mayoral, mayor, mayoral, mayoral, mayoral responsibilities while we were there. He had to run out, get dressed up, run out and take care. They're, they're, they're going to get their road, main road, one road because of, Pastor Mayor Jimmy going to the city of Tegucigalpa and fighting. They're going to pave one road through the heart of uh, Zambrano. And I'm telling you, I needed your prayers this week because I hate to say this, Daniela, the worst roads in 171 missions trips around the world is where Jimmy and Jessica live on the hill in Zambrano. It is horrible. Horrible is not even the right word for it. It's worse than horrible. But uh, they're going to get it paid in the next 30 days or at least before I come back. And I'm going to be <laughs> rejoicing. But uh, it is uh, God's just giving them favor. Jimmy decided after prayer to run to help fight for his community. They've lived there 25 years. And uh, while we were there, uh, I asked Gabe and the crew, I think it was Gabe and Mr. Ed, his dad, and Ricky and Tad. And we, 
we got Jessica off the mountain for a few hours and the guys went in and put hot water in their kitchen for their water and for their dishwasher that they never had in the 25 years. Nothing but cold water. And Mama Jay came home, we were eating lunch, Jimmy and I, and we were gonna bring the guys down, we were gonna celebrate, make it a big deal, and she whips in the house, turns the water on to wash her hand, and they put in instant hot water. Come on, somebody say amen to instant hot water. None of this six and a half minutes waiting like I did in my kitchen for years. I know I got hot water, I pay for it, it's coming. I, I feel it's coming, but they had, she put her hands under there and did a shout of hallelujah, man. She was, woo, she, she burned her hands. It wasn't like a shout of, and then we told her what happened, then she started crying. Uh, you know me, I'm gonna cry right with her. So we just had a cry fest over hot water, somebody. And uh, so thank you guys, just. Uh, Amazing. So I want to bring up all three of the teams, the team that went to Colombia, not Guatemala. Maybe we should go to Guatemala this year. I'm not certain. And uh, Peru and the Honduras team all together. Pastors, if you'll come. You guys prayed over us two weeks ago and sent us out. I've asked Pastor Ron and the pastors to come and uh, for you guys to receive us back. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, if you don't mind, would you just stand and uh, we want you to stretch your hands over uh, all three of these teams. Uh, everybody have, you guys come up here a little bit up here. Pastor Ron, stop talking to these guys so they come up here. All right, all you guys up here. Hey, up here. Here we go. Here we go. They weren't this hard to corral when we were on the trip. But listen. This week, all three of the teams coming home, wow. Everybody had an experience. Matter of fact, our team got to the airport and found out our flight was gonna be three hours delayed and uh, we we're gonna miss our connecting flights. And so they were about to explode, these guys' heads behind me. And, uh, but I kept remembering what Dr. John and, and Frankie went through getting home and uh, I was like, y'all better not complain or, or we might end up with a 36 hour trip like these guys did trying to get home. And, uh, and then Franco and his daughter, Rachel, were trying to get from Lima to Miami. Yeah, yeah that was the last trip. Anyhow, it's so much fun traveling airplanes. It's, it's like glorified buses. And they just corral you and move you around. But we are back on the stage, healthy and well. And for that, I give praise and thank Pastor Ron. Come pray over us. Amen. I want to stretch your hands this way to this wonderful team and let's agree together. Father, I thank you today for the wonderful principle of sending and receiving. Yeah. And we sent them out from our house safe. And I thank you, Jesus. We are receiving them back safe. Watched over by the mighty right hand of God in every one of their endeavors. They were taken care of by your provision and your goodness in their life. And so I thank you for this team today. And Father, I also just thank you that what you are doing in Gainesville, you're doing all around the world. And this is a testimony of that. You're doing it in nations all around the world. Because again, I declare, Lord, that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So what you're doing here, you're doing there, and we rejoice in it today. And Father, I also stop and thank you for the wonderful representation of this team in different nations, with different giftings, with different abilities. It is a testimony today of how we are joined and joined, many members, one body, all doing what we are supposed to do, every joint supplying. And I thank you, Lord, for the provision of the body of Christ. I thank you, Lord, what 
what uh, for Dr. John and John did when they were ministering on the field and what Franco and his team did and this wonderful team in Honduras led by Gabe and Andrew and Pastor George, what they did to minister to Jimmy and Jessica. And right now, Jimmy and Jessica, I speak a blessing over you in Jesus' name. I just declare the blessings of God over you in Jesus' name because they came and labored for a moment. You are there every day in the laboring fields. And we rejoice and speak provision over your life today. So, Father, I thank you that as we pray over this team, here's what we declare. Fruit that remains. And we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys stay still for a second. Amen. Listen, I, I want to say... Uh, to you guys in a second, but first of all, to you men, all of you, um, thank you for your uh, heart for the kingdom of God, first and foremost. You've been saved, redeemed. So many of these guys up here were little boys in our church, and they're grown up mighty men of God today with their wives and their children, and, and <laughs> hallelujah. It blesses, it blesses me deeply, and uh, for you guys to go uh, take the time to prepare to pay your own way to go. They paid their own way to go. Most contractors will not do that. <laughs> they paid their own way to go and to work, and they worked hard. Literally, you're going to see a transformation in Honduras of what they did. Uh, but the guys, whether they were working with their hands or ministering with their anointed gifts, their voices, Dr. John, Franco, Frankie, um, Angelo is still in uh, Colombia, and uh, he'll be home, I guess, sometime soon. And, uh, and Rachel lives in Miami, wasn't able to come. So there was one young lady among the two groups that were in Colombia but uh, in Peru. But guys, thank you for everything that you did, uh, your testimony, your heart, their love for the kids, every one of them, moms, <laughs> every one of them wanted to bring kids back home to y'all. And uh, they literally, if they could have, they were, I caught them catching two or three times, caught them uh, with Jimmy and Jessica. What do we have to do to adopt some of these kids? And uh, everybody fell in love with a couple of them especially. But thank you for your hard work, your diligence. You made me proud. I, I went just to sightsee. I just, I went to see their sights and to preach. I preached last Sunday. You'll hear a little bit about that. But you guys uh, really blessed me in the testimony that we're going to hear from John and Franco about what they did and uh, was fabulous. And for all of you, I, I'm serious. I, and you'll hear a little bit of this in the message this morning, but we're called to go or we're called to help pay for those to go. Amen. There's no, there's no, not a part. We're not spectators in the kingdom, at least not at the rock. Some churches maybe, but we're not spectators here. We participate, amen, in everything that we do. So you either participate in going and being sent, having your wives and your children cover you and pray over you and bless you, you know. And right before we left, 17 missionaries, just like th these guys, were kidnapped in Haiti. They're still being held ransom. A, a five-month-old baby, there, there's two families there with five children. And, uh, and so you never, you never know when you go anywhere except... You trust God. Just as those 17, and I prayed for these 17 every day. I'm praying for them to be released safely. If I were the president, SEAL Team 6 would already be bringing them out. But I'm not the president, so all I can do is pray. But it's crazy that we have missionaries in a little tiny island, and we know where they are, and we're not going and getting them. What is wrong? Never mind. I don't have time. Come back next week. I'm going to preach that message. But today, I'm thankful for all of you being willing to not be bound up in fear. 
Amen? Because these husbands wouldn't go if mamas were bound up in fear because mama ain't happy, daddy ain't happy. And so these dads went because their moms blessed them and prayed over them and released them and covered them. And uh, all of you, uh, I just want to say thank you. Suzanne, I love getting to be a part of your lives. You know, one of my favorite sayings uh, with those who've been joined to us is we do life together. We get to do life together. That's an amazing thing. So, yeah, I'm going to clap y'all to death today, but put your hands together one more time for these guys and for yourself. Thank you. Honduran team, y'all can go and be seated. Franco, John, stay here. Frankie, you're not a part of the Honduran team. Stay here. No, no, you're here. Thank you. Y'all have a mic? Okay. Um, Thank you, guys. Um, These... uh, Two nations, both uh, Colombia and Peru, uh, this all came about through Franco. And uh, for many of you that uh, wonder about Franco and Mary Lou, they're here. And I'm going to explain it all to you in a couple of weeks. But they're here under uh, the word of the Lord uh, to them, uh, to Pastor Mike from Greenhouse and from Pastor George at The Rock. It's been uh, a very uh, out-of-the-box thing that's happened. But I'm going to tell you the whole story and the blessing uh, that Pastor Mike and I walk in as co-pastors in this city and the beauty of what's taking place, which is so beyond me. Uh, but I will try to tell you at least what God's doing. I, I'm not sure of all the bigness of it yet, but in Franco's coming, he, his, he has three passions and giftings that I really um, recognize as the gifting of um, evangelism, missions, and uh, discipleship. And so uh, these two nations that we were just in really have to do with Franco's connections uh, in both of those nations where he oversees and gives uh, apostolic uh, oversight to a lot of pastors through 30 years or so of ministry. And uh, I was invited to go with them to Peru. As you know, we've been to Peru quite a few times, but um, he called me a few weeks ago. This happened really quick and asked if I had a doctor that we could send to uh, Columbia. And, uh, and the reason, and immediately Holy Spirit dropped in my heart, Dr. John. And as, the, as most of you know in here, Dr. John and I um, are family, both spiritually and by marriage. His youngest daughter is or his oldest daughter is married to my youngest son, and we share four grandchildren. So uh, it's always neat when Dr. John and I are out in public and I'll tell people that we have four grandkids. (laughs) It's a great opening line for, (laughs) it opens doors for an opportunity to evangelize. But uh, we do share four grandkids and and, uh, Dr. John was diagnosed with uh, a cancer in his throat, uh, just a couple of months before I was diagnosed. And so our four grandkids, uh, the two families have walked through this together. And so it was a significant thing for me, for me to get to lead this country after two years. But all of a sudden I was overwhelmed that Dr. John was having the same opportunity. So when I submitted it to him, he, uh, he was excited about it. Of course, we had to get mama Arlene's uh, approval uh, for that. And, uh, uh, she gave it and uh, he went and he came and he had a, a horrendous trip getting home, but he got home and, uh, but they had an opportunity to really minister and I don't know the significance of it all. So I'll let these guys share it. Dr. John's going to share about uh, Columbia, John Jr. Um, 
It's hard to decide which one of those. If you don't know, John Jr. is the one way over there on the right. And uh, he, he went along, John, Dr. John is a medical doctor and John Jr. is an amazing uh, nurse at, um, at uh, Florida Cancer Center. Is that what, that's, that's, the, that's the right term, right? I don't, not a male nurse, just a nurse, right? Just a nurse, he's just, I know, he's a merch. He's, uh, he's a merch. It came out of his own lips. But amazingly, John uh, has been my, my nurse uh, every time I've treated at Florida Cancer, uh, all the IVs and lines in and everything. John is fabulous. So I told Dr. John that he couldn't go without John Jr. going. So John was able to take vacation and assist and be there with his dad, which was very comforting to Mama Arlene. And uh, but they, these guys had a great testimony. So Dr. John's going to share, and Frankie was with them the whole time, and uh, he's just the master of everything. Uh, his dad left him to take care of Dr. John and John Jr., and he got them home. So, and then Franco went on to uh, Lima, Peru with his daughter, Rachel. So they're going to tell you, and we do have some pictures, I believe, of these guys' trips. So John, you're on the clock, and uh, amen. Love you, Doc. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, guys. First of all, I want to thank God for this was an incredible uh, opportunity that I had, and I have to thank God. I could have never, ever done it without him. There's just no way, and I'll explain why. Um, and this was a, a prayer of mine since I was young that what happened in um, Columbia came past. Um, as you, as you all know, I had cancer and I'm healed. And uh, but with all the treatment and all, thank you for that. With all the treatment that I went through and uh, which was brutal to say the least. Um, so I lost hearing in this ear. I have no thyroid. I have no saliva glands. I have no taste. I, second day of chemo, I went into kidney disease uh, stage three. I didn't even make it to one. And so I jumped into three. So I have to really, really watch what I eat. My diet is, what I never ate before is what I can eat now. And so it's really hard to eat something and put something in your mouth when you don't have an appetite, when you have no taste and you don't want to eat it, I mean. And then you have to watch how much, ca how much sodium, potassium, phosphorus, et cetera. When I'm home, it's great, because my wife, um, who's amazing, I mean. I could have never done this walk without Christ and my wife. There's just no way my kids and my family. I'm in the prayers of this house. Um, God is faithful. But, so, um, when I was invited by, um, first of all, thank God, thank Pastor George, Pastor Suzanne, the Presbytery, for keeping us in prayer um, and having our backs, all of us, to be able to make it. Then I want to thank um, Franco. Thank you, thank you for listening to God. And uh, awesome man of God, um, Angelo and Frankie, man, I just, it was incredible spending time with them. Awesome man of God. Um, thank you for having my back through this whole trip, you guys. And a thank you to my son. 
Um, we bonded, my son and I are close, extremely close, but this trip bond, we've been on three missions trip, but this one was really significant. Um, he, I would talk to the crowd and I see him back there just looking at me. And um, he was watching me at every moment. The reason why is because I've had two episodes where my throat closes and I have to be go to the hospital, put under, dilate my throat, and to be able to eat. Well, the last time they dilated my throat, there was a tear. So now, if it happens again, which I pray and it's not gonna happen again, I have, thank, I have the, there's a great possibility that rupture of my esophagus, which would mean a tube down my throat for the rest of my life, food goes in, drops in my stomach, in the name of Jesus, it's not gonna happen. So the enemy is trying to quiet my mouth and I just, there's no way. I will not be quiet. Um, there's just no way I will ever, never, to my last breath, I will be proclaiming the goodness of God, the kingdom of God. I have to thank my wife for, um, first thing she says, if you go, you better take John with you. And it was the same thing pastor told me. If you, that was confirmation. If you go, you take your son. Jen, thank you for lending him to me for the moment. She, um, she had a, a, um, an appointment, they had a date for that weekend and she canceled everything and she says, no, John needs to go with you. So I thank you, I thank Ali and Luke and Gigi and Scott all for praying and lifting me up. Um, so thank you for everyone. Well, so I go on this trip and I know not to plan for anything because God is gonna take my agenda and turn it around. I just got prepared and said, Holy Spirit, here I am, use me as you may. So I prepared to do the medical part and get all the slides done and um, thank you to my, um, uh, my assistant administrator who put together PowerPoints, I didn't even know how to start. So I had, I did all this, um, we did this PowerPoints and everything. So I go there, getting ready for the medical part because I knew I had to do two days of um, speaking and um, bringing um, medical knowledge or whatever, comparisons and whatever. So when I found out it was a medical, a, a medical uh, conference, I'm going like, oh yes, here in America, uh, let me find out what they do in Colombia. So I started studying about Colombia, finding out that Denmark was number one in a ranking that I saw um, in one of the pages. Denmark was number one in medicine. Colombia was 22 and United States is 48. Well, definitely I was not gonna go up there and say we American have it all. We got it, we got it. Uh, no, we don't. And so I learned really quick to go in with a humble heart and learn from them. And I was transparent with them. And I told them, in America, we don't have the answers to it all. As a matter of fact, if you go to literature, you'll see that a large percent of pathologies in the world, we have no answers for. We have no cure for. So man does not have the answers for everything. So what was interesting was that in that country, um, the doctors are up here 
and God is right there. And I had to change that immediately um, when I felt that. It was really hard to go there and, and talk and give my lectures because everybody was wearing a mask. And I'm used to seeing faces when as soon as I see a grin or I see a, somebody frowning and, and I'm like, okay, so I'll t change the tune. I'm seeing from here down. I have no expression in the audience. I have no idea what they're doing or thinking. And so I can't analyze that. So I went, you know, forward. And, and so I knew it was going to build up. Starting, you know, first day talking about medicine, the next day throw a little bit of God, third day we're gonna really let it out. Okay, well I go there and the doctor, one of the doctors that was there, amazing man of God, Dr. Brad, um, he, he's been there 10 times, so he started giving me a lecture and he talks about God. I go to Franco, Franco, why does he get to talk about God? They won't let me talk about God. I mean, I'm not here to talk about medicine. I mean, it's what I do. And I let them know because they came up to me and said, why are you so humble? I said, I'm humble because being a doctor does not define me. It's what I told the whole group. It does not. It is a blessing of God, which I use for his honor and glory. I use it for people in need. That's what I, I'm a doctor for. I am defined as a man of God. And that's where I want to be, a man of God and at all moments. And so for them, it was a shock to say, you don't consider yourself up here? No, I don't. I said, and none of you should because none of you have the answers for it all. The only one that has the answer is the Lord. What do you do when you find a patient in front of you and you have no resource for them? Who do you go to? Do you give them what? You have nothing to give them. And I said, I have the same thing too. There's times I have nothing to offer a patient, but I do have. And I said, I lay hands and I give them the maker the one who made him, the one who survives him, and is Christ. So that's what I, I talked about. And as soon as they let me go, that's the wrong thing to do, is to let me go because I'm going to go. I'm going to go through every door, every open door. And the crazy thing about it is that the enemy has been trying and trying to keep me quiet. And he knows better than that. He knows better than to keep me quiet because I am about the Lord. I have been through so many struggles in my life and God has pulled me through. I cannot take credit for absolutely nothing. All I can do is stand and wait upon the Lord and use me, Lord. I wake up in the morning, I'm 71. He does not promise me one more day in my life. Every day I wake up, I say, thank you, Lord, use me. However, I am in season and out of season, I'm prepared. I know I don't have it another day. I want to take every opportunity. I want my last breath to be about the Lord. So as I'm speaking and talking to them, I'm expressing this to them. And so in the breakout sessions, they would come to me and say, um, and well, how do you do this? And then and I just had to talk about the Lord. And I'm not, I don't know who I'm talking to. They're covering their face. I can't, eyes, I can't identify. So every day, there was a group and they surrounded me. I started off as a medical director of Alachua County and Putnam County in Gainesville. Franco said, watch what's happening. Next day, I am the medical director of, of 
public health in Florida. I ended up as Secretary of Health in the United States. It was crazy. So I got an award many uh, years ago, Sun uh, 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 Gainesville Sun gave me an award for the Doctor of the Year, I don't know how many years ago, and so they wanted to know everything, so I put that down. Well, I became Doctor of the Year in Gainesville, ended up Doctor of the, Uni of, of, of the United States, and then Frankie goes, and Jupiter. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, I hope they don't write this down, think I did this, because I had not told them anything. So it was it was amazing, so I, I, I got to minister to many, many young people. In the breakout session, they'll come to me the next day. This group surrounded me and said, thank you so much for what you, the word you gave me yesterday, individually, because I would speak out loud, but then individually I speak with them. And I don't know what I told them. I don't even know who they are. I mean, this is all I see. Well, I'm going like, yeah, just keep on. Keep pressing in. God, is, God can do all things. And um, so that, that was great. But I don't know. What, nine years ago when I had my first cancer, the, are you going to break me down? Oh, what the? I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just stand okay, here. This so. is what, just one thing. So, one of the biggest things on this trip was um, nine years ago, my kids to witnesses, Lord spoke to me and said to write a book about my testimony, not to sell it, for to use it to, for my kids, my grandkids, and on and on. So, the second day, this man walks up to me, who I don't know, and he looks straight in my face and said, my name is Dr. So-and-so, and Holy Spirit told me to write your testimony. Wow. And this, is, this was God. This is God because I don't know why I delayed it. I got different pieces of recording and never got to it. And it was because I had to go to Columbia because this man was going to write my testimony. And so, Wednesday? So I'll continue on Wednesday. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> That was the shortest three minutes ever, Doc. <laughs> he would go till noon. Amen, amen. I guess we're going to have to give him a Wednesday night service. All right. Franco. I guess when you're the Surgeon General of the United States who trained Dr. Fauci, you get to speak on and on. How many of y'all know that there's good news out there? You turn on the evening news, Fox News is not going to tell you about all this. CNN's not going to tell you. They say good evening, and that's about the last good thing they say. Then they talked about the bombings, killings, and the rapes, and everything else. But we're here to tell you good news. Our Bible declares that all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. That in the last days, you know, people want to know about the last days. It says in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. And this is what you saw in Columbia as well as speaking, my son Frankie and others speaking to sports teams and going in to some of the rural areas and, and the, the ghettos of the ghettos, the real hood of hoods in those places. Then we went over into the nation of Peru and the highlight for the trip 
for the highlight of the trip for me was being able to go with my daughter into a maximum security women's prison, 450 inmates. We got to go from one pavilion to another. Each one held about 100 people. And when all was said and done, the last one was when the, the women that were on lockdown, they had the speaker. We got there. We, I was wondering where are the 100 but they aim the speaker towards a corridor with the little flaps open, you know, where they slide the food in. So all the ladies could hear that they have a heavenly father that loves them, that cares for them. I gave them the illustration of a, of a $50 bill. If you throw it on the ground and step on it, it's still worth how much? If you get it and tear it and put a piece of tape on it, what is it worth? $50. You crumble it up, spit on it, what is it worth? So we tell those ladies, it doesn't matter what's happened in your life. Your value is still the same in God's sight. And when all was said and done, these women began to, began to cry and weep. My daughter shared about her battles with insecurities and fears and identity issues. And God moved mightily in a prison like that that was it's considered one of the hardest worst prisons in all of Colombia, and God did a tremendous work. That actually was in Colombia. Then we go to Peru, we did a pastor's conference. They gave me a honorary doctorate degree. I don't know, that in 50 cents gets you a bus ride downtown compared to what these guys have up here. And, uh, but God began to move tremendously, and a delegation came from the presidential office and the congressional office of the nation. I don't know if you know, a new president's been voted in office. A poor campesino farmer was brought in uh, with, a, with a, a um, leaning towards communism, but his wife's a strong believer, and they sent a delegation to meet with me in private, and they want to know when we can meet. They want to set it for December 5th to meet with the president of the country to hear about a Christian worldview. What would a nation, as they're rewriting the Constitution, what would it look like to disciple a nation? So he might be the head of the nation, but his wife's definitely the neck turning that. So she sent the right-hand man, the, the, the congressman, the right-hand man of the president, and then uh, part of his presidential cabinet in there, came to the pastor's conference just to meet, not to sit in on the conference, but to meet in private and talk about when we can set this up. So our Bible talks about that go into the nation, make disciples of all the nations, and we're so excited. Thank you, Pastor George, for allowing us to go, sending us with the blessing of the Lord, and for everyone here praying. I wanna leave you with this. To be a missionary, you don't necessarily need to go across the sea. You can go across the street. So let's start being missionaries right here. Thank you. You guys can go. Thank you. Give it up for these guys for Colombia and for Peru. All right. We're going to switch gears over to Honduras, and uh, these guys, uh, under Gabe's uh, direction, Andrew, uh, as most of you know, Gabe and Andrew are business partners, build homes, and uh, they have gone, how many times have you been to Honduras? Three. Three, and we've, uh, these guys have really been the visionary to get the other men to go 
And uh, I know we got some unhappy ladies thinking that we were being whatever that word is. But uh, next time, next time we'll take some of the ladies because uh, there is some, some work that uh, you can do too uh, besides bringing babies home from Honduras. You can't do that. Uh, but these guys just did a great job uh, given the vision and uh, the direction. Uh, I drove in, when did we get there? Saturday? I drove in last uh, week ago Saturday with Jimmy and the guys were behind me uh, in the bus and we drove down the road and Jimmy said, oh, that's the house the guys are going to do. And it had been a house that some of their team had lived in. It was kind of falling apart and uh, desperately needed help. I didn't even really know what Gabe and Jimmy had decided they were going to do, but uh, they renovated this whole house to turn it into uh, preschool. A preschool. You know what? I'm going to shut up because these guys are going to do. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Sorry. All right. Um, <laughs> um, first, uh, thank you for sending us. Thank you to uh, Dad in this house. I mean, it's uh, it's awesome that we can go and use our giftings um, to do you know projects like these. I mean, it's awesome that. Uh, Dr. John and Franco, like their gifting is to speak into people's lives. Our gifting, well, Gabe's gifting is to speak. Mine is not. And this type is what I, you know, thrive in in these type of projects. So it's awesome that we have a position where we can go and use the gifts that God has given us to, to do. Um, one thing is the, you know, the, this ministry, your, your seed offerings and, and our, our missions offerings, like this is seed that is well planted. Um, and I am grateful that we can go and help Pastor Jimmy and Free the Oppressed Ministry. It is like, it, it's amazing what they do there. The kids are telling us their stories and we're sitting there like jaws drop. They're just like telling their story of, their life, and we're like, how, how, how are you even standing there? I mean, they're just saying it like, this is what I went through, this is where I am, and this is where I'm going, and it's just like, we, you know, we can't, we can't even like imagine that our kids would go through something like that, and they're fighting the battle every day, and it's just great that we can bless them and give them a little vitamin B shot to keep going. To you know, they basically are in a position where they're starting up a school to reach out to other kids and change generations of other kids that are outside of their ministry. So it's, it's, uh, they're breaking a lot of generational curses in their life in that country. And uh, it's great for us to be a part. Um, thank you to all the guys that went with us. They worked hard, long days, just kept after it. Um, a lot of dirty jobs and, and, but everyone, you know, we had a guy for every task, um, of this job and everyone was awesome. Um, thank you to Gabe for leading this. He put months of work of talking with him, figuring out COVID issues, figuring out protocols. Um, we got there, Gabe, Gabe went early to prepare for us to come. And, um, you know, he went and he does the shopping at like, places where you can't find anything. I mean, lumber is hard to come by. Electrical, you know, outlets are hard to come by. But Gabe got down there, got after it. When we got there, it was like, all right, here's this, this, is this. Let's go. Um, so thank you, Gabe, for leading us, for, um, you know, being fully prepared for us. Um, 
you lead really well and I appreciate it. I'm glad to stand by you and be a part of this and you, you have a desire to do this and, and create a path for us to do it. So thank you. And uh, so thank you to everyone. Thank you for this house. I mean, it's great to be able to go and do projects like these. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Um, first of all, just, you know, as I want to just give glory and honor to God, um, not in a cliche way, but like, hey, we're, we're getting ready to start this thing. And we, we almost canceled it twice. We're like, this is crazy. We're, you're doing this during a global pandemic. There's this reason we shouldn't go. There's this reason we couldn't, couldn't go. We're probably not going to be able to do any good. And we prayed and God's like, you know, we felt no release to cancel the thing. And so we kept going and um, I could stand up here for hours and tell you all the little specific ways. Like we needed this breaker and we didn't find it till the last day. And it just like on and on, like God has just, God took care of us and blessed us. Um, and so we just, I'm just so thankful for the way that he watches over us. Um, I also want to say a huge thank you to Pastor George. Um, I am so appreciative of this man's heart to go uh, and the and internationally and here he just he just understands the command to go and there's risk associated with it like there just is risk and that's the same deal where you know Jesus was telling the parable about the guy that buried the talent right he said there's risk so I'm just gonna bury it this man does not bury his talents <laughs> like he said let's risk let's put it out there and that is awesome um, I also want to say a huge thank you to our church because 11 guys went but this church and our church family, everybody participated. We, they, they said, hey, we're going to go to Honduras. And we, I step off the stage and I, or uh, whatever, we, I leave the church that day. And I mean, everybody, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. What do you need? Hey, how can I help you? How can I do it? I'm like, I, I, I don't know what I need. I haven't thought about this. I haven't prepared. Um, so, but you guys, I mean, financially, what you, what you sow, what you, it takes real money to buy real light bulbs to, fu to light up a building so that kids can learn about the word and how to speak English. <laughs> it takes real money and it is provided through the people of God and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, we're getting ready to leave and I'm like looking for suitcases. I'm like, shoot, I, I didn't pick enough suitcases and we need a paint sprayer. I, my phone rings and Dave Colkert says, hey, um, I got two suitcases what? <laughs> I guess I'll meet you at the church. Oh, that's great. And um, I mean, because I hadn't told anybody who needed that. And it's just like, it's just the people of God are, it is a beautiful thing that God has set up. Um, and I just wanted to kind of just leave you guys with an encouragement. We were, a few of us were talking late one night as we, um, as we were sitting around discussing Honduras and third world countries and the corruption that is there and what they have to deal with and just a feeling of hopelessness. And then we were starting to talk about our own country and how it's the same type of corruption. It's just a wealthy corruption. And we just say, gosh, how do we bring peace to this? How do we, how do we leave feeling like we did something? And finally, we all just kind of were discussing. We said, you know what? God is writing the story. And in all of these places that we are sad about this. There's incredible spots of light. There's the, the kingdom of God is going forth. He is a master at writing and weaving stories together. And he is not handing us the pen. <laughs> He's saying, do your part. I'm writing your story. Do your part. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's a beautiful thing. So we've got, let God write your story. Let God tell you to go because we're, it's just not up to us to fix everything, but it is up to us to go and be faithful. So thank you all so much for sending and receiving us. It's, it's a crazy blessing. So. Amen. Thank you guys. We got a bunch of preaching hammer.
heads in this church. Everybody, everybody except Ricky there. Ricky, I love you, man. Ricky's in church today because I had to write him a text yesterday and promise him I would not make him speak today. But this man is a gift. And he said, I'll have a heart attack. If you, if you give me the mic, I'm gonna have a heart attack. So I believe one day Ricky will be sharing. He worked hard. This man, matter of fact, Andrew said, dad, they were about to do something and I was about to leave and Andrew said, no dad, you need to go pray over there. He said, they're about to do the most dangerous thing of the whole week. They had taken this, what do you call it, Andrew, that y'all took out? The, the meter, they took the power meter out of some thing and did something with it. <laughs> and then they were gonna have to put it back. And they're, they're like, uh, well, how do we bang it in there? And this is like a sledgehammer or what? And, and so Tad and Ricky, and I think Gabe, somebody and I were out there. So I just stood and prayed. I backed up. <laughs> and Ricky puts this thing in, you'll see it on the video. And it worked, come on. So. I don't need everybody to, to want a microphone. I want somebody to know how to put that meter back together without killing all of us. So uh, thank you guys, all of you. Uh, I'm gonna show you a quick video. This is a great video uh, that uh, Pastor Sal put together. He videoed everything. Uh, these guys can tell you more about this guy that serves Pastor Jimmy. Salvador has got an amazing story but uh, he's a precious brother. He, he videoed everything, and right before we left, he, he, he uh, whatever, you dropped it, he dropped it, and I caught it. Uh, we put phones together, and he dropped something, and my phone caught it. It's amazing how that works, but it's a great video, so watch, enjoy. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Thank you. I want to share just a couple of scriptures and I'm going to get you out of here. I'm not going to keep you real long, I promise. Uh, but we give all honor and glory to God today for what you got to see in that video. You know, 11 men representing this house, uh, four days. Uh, completely taking their gifts and renovating a place, building all, all that that you saw, the woodwork, all of that came out of Gabe and Andrew. I, I saw it on a piece of wood where they had drawn up how, the, how they were gonna build those desks and the tables and everything. And then they just started building. I was like, oh my God, if I'd have been in charge of that, it'd have been, it'd have been a sad looking little school. But uh, we'd have been at Walmart buying those, those little desks. But uh, they, they just built those and then, and, and then they didn't just do the work, but they took the love of a father and took time with those little boys. And were te I was like, that little boy's got like a jigsaw. <laughs> Are we sure about this? And uh, the Sanders and they, these kids are so smart. Every one of them speak fluent, most of them are fluent in both Spanish and English. And uh, they're just a beautiful sight. But these men really fathered, they, these boys will never forget this, ever. And then at the end of the day, they kicked our boys' butts in soccer. <laughs> and they were so proud. Every day they won, they, they beat the Americans every day. And they had no mercy. Uh, the last day they actually let us score a goal. Andrew said he worked hard to get that goal, but they told me they let Andrew have that goal. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, 
I know they thought they were working hard to get it, but it, uh, it was a gift. And, and, uh, but uh, the time they poured into them, just like we do at the Rock School, just like you homeschool parents do at home, pouring your life into your children. Uh, as Gabe said, it, wherever you go, be it abroad or at home, we're called. We're saved by the grace of God, redeemed by the grace of God, delivered and healed by the grace of God, and commissioned by the grace of God. We were sending some pictures home. I was sending some stuff to the team, to the pastoral team, and, and uh, Suzanne wrote on one of the texts. She said, I'm, she said, I'm crying bucket loads of tears, and I'm so proud to be a part of this family, the Rock of Gainesville. And I, I am proud in a very uh, humble way. Uh, I'm overwhelmed at the gifts of God and the goodness of God. Um, and what these guys represented on the field, I believe many of you represent right here in Gainesville, in your cities, in your, in your workplaces, at the university, where, you're, where you shop, where you hang out, that you utilize the gifts that God has given you uh, because we're all called, we're all commissioned. Matthew chapter 28, I want to read just a couple of verses here. Uh, it says, Jesus, you know this story, it's the end of basically everything Jesus came to do, he has done except uh, to ascend back to heaven. And so he's with the disciples, he's getting ready to go back uh, to be with the Father. He's died on the cross, he's gone through, uh, you know, uh, th a 30-year life, uh, three and a half years of amazing ministry and teaching impacting the world, uh, a book being written about him that, you know, 2,000 years later, still the number one best-selling book of all time in the history of the world is the Bible, the Word of God, and it's being printed continually in all the nations of the world. Those of you that, that uh, read your Bible verses in the morning on YouTube, you know right now they're, they, they've got a countdown clock. Does anybody remember how, what, it, what it's up to, how many millions it's? What is it? Somebody tell me. 500 million. They're, they're, they're like a, a, a few hundred thousand below. 500 million people are reading the Word of God on a cell phone. That's amazing. The Word of God is going forth and it's mighty. And it's accomplishing. And what is it going forth to do? Jesus said, he came and he said to them, Matthew 28, verse 18, all authority in, he in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, he turns to his disciples and he makes a statement that is every bit as much for you and me today. White, black, red, yellow polka dot, old or young, tall or short, educated or uneducated, rich or poor, this word is from Jesus Christ to every single one of us. What is the word? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Of all nations. And everything always begins in Jerusalem or in our home, wherever God planted you, whatever you are, uh, wherever you are, that is where you begin to be faithful, to go into all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, listen to this, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. So wherever the Lord commissions you to go, calls you to go, anoints you to go, he's with you. 
He's not sending you anywhere where you're alone. And as Gabe said, that was a beautiful illustration. You don't have to write your own story. All you have to do is be obedient to where the Lord has placed you. No excuses. It's not somebody else's responsibility to evangelize where God has placed you. It's not anyone else's responsibility to carry your load. I don't care how old you are. We are called to take what we have freely received. And what do we do with it? Sell it? No, we give it away. Just give it away. Just be ready to open your mouth whenever God gives you an opportunity. Tad and I got on the airplane to come home from Honduras and we were three hours late. So, so we already, everybody's frustrated. Everybody's wanting to get home to their wives and we were already gonna get home around 11. We ended up around 1.30 or two. And, uh, but we got on the plane and our whole trip there, uh, Tad and I uh, were, were, thank you Jesus for Dolly Gilbert. She is just the most amazing <laughs> gift to me. And uh, I travel, do ministry and even do vacations because of Dolly. I said, Dolly, you gotta live one day longer than me because I can't do, it, do this without you. She books all my flights. Anyhow, Tad and I get on the plane and uh, in Tampa to Miami, Miami to Honduras. And, and I have an aisle because I go get up and go to the bathroom a lot. And and uh, Tab was gracious to take the window and we had a middle seat. All our flights were open. Nobody was in our middle seat. Ah, thank you, Jesus. And, but on the plane coming back, it was packed. And so we got on the plane and as soon as we, we were like the last ones to get on. And as soon as we get there, I see somebody sitting in the middle seat and Tad excused himself, got over in. I sat down and a uh, beautiful young lady, the wife of a, a diplomat from the embassy coming home to see her family for 36 hours. She's hoping she's going to make her connecting flight in Miami. And so it just opened up a door and uh, we just started talking and sharing. And she finally got to that, to that one question that mattered. Why? Why? why are, I, I told her, all, all these guys you saw we were talking to as they were heading back, they're all my guys, my sons. Wow, you got a lot of sons. I know, cost me a fortune. Uh, I said, no, only two of them are natural, the rest are spiritual. But, uh, but she finally got to the question. She wanted to hear everything, every, and well, how, how, did, how did your son, how, how did him and that other guy, how'd they get permits? To, to, permits, we're in Honduras. <laughs> you don't even know how to spell permit, man. We just did it. I mean, and she's like, really? It's not like, if they, if they give permits, we don't know anything about them. So well, the work's done now, nobody has to know. But, but she, she finally got to the one question. I mean, we talked about her two kids. We talked about her husband. We talked about my wife. We talked about my 10 grandkids. We talked about everything to get to the one question that mattered. Why are you doing this? Boy, it's so wonderful to say, first of all, why not? Why not? We're blessed. We have. God has provided. Out of, out of our abundance, we get to take and do what Jesus said. I mean, I, I, I took it right to her straight and personal because it, it can't be just about God. It's got to be about his son. It's got to be about what Jesus did. Well, why did Jesus do what he did? Because he loves all people, including all of these incredibly beautiful Hondurians that are living up on the mountain above Tegucigalpa. 5,000 
very poor people. They all have a mask. They're poor, but they all have a mask. And they all have fear. Well done, CNN. I mean, you can take fear to every nation in the world. They don't even have food. They got fear. Jimmy and I talked about it, man. Fear's just rolled over the mountain. I saw one little old man coming down the street on his bike, one of those surgical masks, pitch black, dirty. I mean, just, just filthy. And he just breathed in that garbage. It's because of fear. You'd be way better off on a bicycle by yourself. Take that thing off, breathe some of God's air. Amen. Amen. But the why. Why am I standing here going over time in church to tell you we're called to go? We're called to go. Called to the nations, our families, our neighborhoods, our places where we work, our cities, our world. But our world begins right here. Psalm 2, verse 7 and 8. There's a song written out of this. I'm going to try to bless y'all not sing it to you. But the psalmist writes, he said, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give the nations. I love that song. Ask of me. I remember back in 1981, Suzanne and I were in Bible college, had a wife, two-month-old son. I'm working full-time, going to school full-time, going to intercessory prayer for the nation of India every single morning, five days a week, six o'clock in the morning, exhausted, barely can hardly keep my eyes open. I'm so tired. But that school helped me to develop a love for prayer, a love for the nations, love for worship. I found out, I knew that God loved all the peoples of the world. And I remember I, I, would, I would sometimes lay on the floor in this little prayer room. There were about eight or 10 of us every day for a year and a half. I prayed five days a week. I prayed for the nation of India. I've never been to India, but I just picked a nation and I went and I committed my whole time at school to praying for this nation. And, and I, this song had just been written or someone had actually just put music in, uh, to this scripture. And I, I remember it would just run through my head while I was praying, ask of me, and I will give the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. And then in Isaiah chapter six, verse eight, the prophet writes, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I fear, he, uh, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Who is it that will go? And the prophet said, here am I, send me. See, sometimes in America, it's just all about us. What we have, our homes, our jobs, our possessions, what next we can buy our children. Some of the men that were on this team literally walked the first day into the girls' home where a whole bunch of beautiful young girls have lived their lives, many of them since they were just, Daniela, who's a part of our church family, Daniela held some of these as babies. Today, their youngest is around four, I think, three or four. Jimmy and Jessica are not taking any more children, 57, 58 babies they have taken in 
over the last 25 years. The twins, Leonella, Pamela. They're the little lives saved because of Jimmy and Jessica, Daniela, in that mountain. They're not perfect girls. Matter of fact, I walked into the kitchen on Monday and the girls were working. I was like, why aren't y'all in school? And they looked at me and Leonella looked and then Pamela looked and then Leonella looked. I said, why aren't y'all in school? Why are you working in the house? We got kicked out. Like what? You, we got kicked out. Of what? School. For how long? For the whole semester. Jimmy don't play. <laughs> Jimmy don't play. Mama Jay, she don't play. And I said, for what? Being lazy. Oh, sweet Jesus. We had some daddy. I said, I said, Jimmy, is it okay for me to talk to the girls as a daddy? Over the next few days, spent several opportunities individually with those twin girls. Went outside, sat under the tree, and we talked. I told them all that they have because this family loved them enough to say, here am I. Send me. Open up our hearts. We'll take these babies. Some of the men walked into this house and saw what little these children have and tears. And their first conviction, I'm going home, taking all the toys away from my kids and giving them away. I said, well, don't do that the first day, but a week later, if you still feel that, we got some, we got some children that that's a message for another day. Here am I. Send me. That's got to be our conviction. I honor the men that went. I honored you that stayed, but we're all called to go. Wherever and whenever, we have to be ready and willing to say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Let me be the one that has the opportunity to touch this life or that life. Our conviction, our consumption. Parents, please don't let your children grow up 18 or 20 years in your home and you never do anything significant for the kingdom. But they've been to every theme park in the southeastern part of the United States. And they've been to the beach and ski vacations more times than they can count. But they don't know anything about sacrifice or giving. Wonder if this Christmas season, instead of buying more stuff for our kids, we took our kids and we taught them, Lord, send us. And we take all that stuff that's laying around your house that they don't play with anymore anyhow because they're bored to death with it. And we find some family in this town who has nothing. 
What if we spend some time at Christmas this year and Thanksgiving, giving away from us instead of just, would you kids please tell me what the grandkids want because I, I can't, I, I, I've, been to, I've been to the store and they have one of everything. Why be frustrated? Why, why don't we just start giving some stuff away? Real quiet in this Pentecostal church this morning. I mean, imagine, imagine the impact of taking your children and saying, hey, what's your best gift? What's the best thing you have in your room that you love the most? And then say, wouldn't you like to give it away? Now you're gonna have to teach them and talk them through it. You're gonna have to pray with them, <laughs> have to lead them to salvation. <laughs> but eventually they're gonna get the idea and then let them experience. We'll help you. We'll help you find some family in this town who has nothing. We'll give you the address. We'll let you go by and let your children give to somebody who has less. Instead of all your kids knowing about poor people is when you pull up at the light and everybody turns their head because somebody has a sign that says hungry, God bless you. And you badmouth poor people and why do they let all these people stand on our street corners? Yeah, it's important that we go to Honduras, but it's more important that we go to Gainesville. Take what we've been blessed with. When I got diagnosed two years ago, I had two mountain bikes. I'm a very gifted bike rider, but not that gifted that I can ride two really nice bikes. <laughs> But I had one that I had been blessed with and, and I have one that I bought. And when it looked like maybe in the natural that I'd never get to ride a bike again, or at least not for a long time, I called Pastor Jimmy. They teach their kids how to mountain bike. It's a big part of what they do. They have 18 or 20 bikes. I said, help me find a way and I'm gonna give you all my stuff, both bikes, my helmets, my shoes, my little biking outfits. <laughs> They're so manly. <laughs> I was actually kind of glad to give it. Anyhow, I went down to a bike shop, told them what I wanted to do. They blessed me, said, we'll help you. Took my bikes apart. They didn't tear them up. They took them apart and they boxed them, wrapped them, wrapped all my stuff. We shipped it down to Miami found a courier, courier that would take it to Honduras. And I got there this week and, and I said, I wanna see those bikes. And one of the bikes that was given to me years ago, very nice, expensive bike, with all the great components, was given to one of the pastors, one of the lady pastors, 42-year-old amazing woman of God, Pastor Carla. And I got to see the bike and it, it was a good bike when they got it. It's a phenomenal bike now. I mean, I didn't recognize it. Painted, beautiful red color. And uh, I got to take a picture with her and she shared her story of some of what they do in their riding. And man, it felt better to give that bike away than when I was blessed with that bike years ago. There's something about giving. Here I am, Lord, 
send me. Would you just bow your heads for a moment, close your eyes, just think of those words for just a moment. Here am I, Lord, send me. We don't even know what it means. We don't, we, 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 we don't know what it means, send me. But Lord, we wanna be willing to go. So I pray in this house with these people right now in all of our lives, stir us that we will go into all the world to make disciples, beginning with our families, our unsaved parents, unsaved children, unsaved siblings. Help us to have a soft, tender heart towards the lost of our family. We will pray, love, use holiday seasons as an opportunity to reach out to them. Help us this year to consider something as a family significantly different so that for Thanksgiving, we can really be thankful. Here am I, Lord, send me. I pray that in each of our lives, your work, your calling, your promise that you would be there for us and with us will stir us to not only say, here am I, Lord, send me, but literally be willing to go wherever that go is. You're our way maker, Father. You're our helper. You're the lover of our soul. And you saved us for such a time as this. Help us from this day forth, have a stirring, challenging, heartfelt commitment to say no longer is it about me, what I can get, but it's about who I can touch by all the good that's been given to me freely because of Jesus, my Redeemer. Every head is bowed and believers, I'm gonna ask you to pray for just a moment because I wanna take an opportunity real quick in this auditorium, those of you that are watching online. If you have no relationship with this Jesus that you hear us talking about, the reason that we do what we do and go where we go. You don't know the love, the tenderness that Father God wants to bestow upon you through forgiving you of your sins, letting you, receiving you as a child, a son or a daughter of the God who created you. In this room this morning, Every one of us have made a declaration and a decision that says, Jesus, be Lord of my life. And if you have not today, you can find out the reason why you were created, what your life should be all about. First forgiven, then cleansed and healed and then given a purpose and a destiny for your life. If 
you've never prayed that prayer and said, Jesus, be Lord of my life, I'm gonna invite you right here, right now, to pray a prayer with me. And I'm not even gonna recognize you this morning. I'm not gonna ask you to stand or raise your hand. I'm gonna just ask you to pray this prayer. And then when service is over, find one of the pastors here, find anybody and just tell them, I prayed this prayer today. Call our office, they'll tell you more of what you can do. But what's important is that today, you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. You're watching online, pray this prayer with us. You're listening to a podcast this week, pray this prayer. Pray with me right now, the whole congregation. Father God, thank you for loving me first, giving me Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I could live, so that I could have a relationship with Father God. I confess today, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Jesus, be my Lord, be my savior. I choose you this day and for the rest of my life. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Father, I pray over these that today you're doing a work in. Finish that that you've begun. Help us to love them to the point where their life is forever changed. And I pray for my people today that every one of us, no exceptions, Father, everyone will take seriously the conviction and the challenge that they've heard today from you, from this pulpit. And at some point in the next hours or days, that in their own private personal prayer time, that they will say, Lord, here am I. Everything I have is because of you. You saved me, you redeemed me, you forgave me, you gave me life. And the promise of eternal life. But I want my life to count here and now. We can't change all the world, but we can change and affect people one person at a time, one day at a time. And I pray, Father, that each one of us will have that moment where it's settled in our heart forever. No longer gonna hide my talents or my gifts. Here am I, send me, Lord. Let me, because I am willing to do what you've called me to do willing to be who you called me to be. I pray that, Father, over each one of us. Finish that that you've begun, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.